Amen. Greetings, beloved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We are all glad to be here in the house of the Lord this morning. And we are excited, more especially with those that were baptized this morning. Amen. And I think like the pastor said there when he was leading us, he said, this is not just a tick box exercise. This is the fulfillment of all righteousness as the Lord Jesus has said. Amen. So it means we have to do this. That's what Jesus said to John when John was saying, do I really have to baptize you? Shouldn't it be even you baptizing me? He said, let it be so for now, for in this way we are fulfilling their all righteousness. So I can say to all of you, let it be so for now. In this way we are fulfilling all righteousness. Amen. Amen. And just to pick up from where the pastor left off, he then was encouraging us, just telling us that this is the indication that the old person has died and we rise up a new person in Christ. Amen. Amen. So what I'm going to share with you today, I'll just start with a question so that all of us may understand especially you do your own introspection. As we go to the book of Esther chapter 3, I want you to do your own introspection before I tell you what is the title of our message today. Okay. There are so many people today who claim to be Christians. Okay? Almost everywhere you will hear people saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But very few of them lives in a way different from the rest of the people in the world. Amen. So the question to you is, if you didn't say you are a Christian, will anybody know that you are a Christian by the way you live? Hmm? Because it's not about what you say to the people. The Bible says we are living epistles. Let people read our lives and say, If you talk about being a Christian, that one is a Christian. Because I remember when some of us grew up, there was this saying, when you say that one is a Christian, they say, if that one could go into heaven, and it was people who were not even in church, if that one could go into heaven, I will go, I will be the first one to go. Why were people saying that? It means their lives, they couldn't see the difference between your life and the life of those in the world. So can I just challenge my fellow candidates this side that it's a whole new world now. Things are no longer the same. May it be that as you are making this public declaration, may your lives also show that. Amen. Let our lives reflect that indeed we are new people in Christ. So I want you to look at this in the book of Esther chapter 3 verse 8. We'll do it in the message. I want you to see that indeed we need to be distinguished on the earth as children of God. As people of God, let people say there is a certain breed of people that is different from us. They don't conform to our way of doing things. Every time when some of us are gossiping or some of us are grumbling or some of us are stealing or some of us are committing adultery, some of us are doing this, those ones don't get into that. Can people say that? 
about you. Listen to this. Esther 3.8 in the message. Spoke with King Zexus. There is an odd set of people scattered. (laughs) There is an odd set of people. There are some people here who look a bit funny. Okay? They they are scattered all over, but they are not really like us. Okay, read it. There is an odd set of people scattered through the provinces of your kingdom who don't fit in. Okay? These people don't fit in. Okay? Can people in the world say you are not fitting in? Can people that we used to live with, can they say we are not fitting in with them? Because they can see a difference that God has made in our lives. Amen. Amen. Okay, they don't fit in. Uh Their customs and ways are different from those of everybody else. Yes, I like that. I like it when people say, this one doesn't fit in with us. This one doesn't do the same way that we do. This one behaves differently. The custom and their way of doing things is different. Amen. I remember the other time... um, my children at home, they were saying some of the, their peers were challenging them, saying, you guys don't even have a life of your own. You don't even have a weekend. You know, if you are a child of God and weekend, now you are busy, it's practice, it's that, it's church things and that. I said, but even a person who is not a Christian, they also don't have a life of their own because some of them from Friday, they are drinking, they are not at home, so they are also slaves. <laughs> it just depends on who slave you want to be. Amen. Amen. So we are all slaves, but it depends on whose slave you want to be. Okay? So I would rather be a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I would rather that it be said that this one, he doesn't have a weekend. Friday is in the prayer meeting. Saturday is church things. Sunday is church. He doesn't have his life. Then I would like to hear that. Amen. So he says these people don't fit in and their customs are different from those of everyone else. So as you are making this public declaration, let it be that your way of life is different. It can't be the same old way anymore. All of us, this is the challenge for us. Amen? It doesn't matter how long we have been saying you are in the Lord. Okay? So the pastor said we are bearing the old person and rising up the new person. Let it not just be a saying. Let it be that indeed our lives reflect that. So I want us to go to the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 4 in the King James. Then I will give you the title of our message today so that we can understand this and we celebrate with our candidates who were baptized today. And this should also be a revival to the rest of us to say as they are making their public declaration, for those of you who are already baptized, you are saying, this is a revival for me. And for those of you who are not yet in Christ, you should say, this is something to look forward to. Amen? Amen. Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So it means nobody is excluded. Can you tell your neighbor, whosoever includes you? Amen. So when he says, whosoever believeth, whosoever is you. Amen. Ask your neighbor, do you believe? Amen. 
Because it would not be good. There is this scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes. The preacher says, I've seen something, he used to say meaningless or terrible under the sun. He says, I saw some people who used to frequent the holy place. Okay? They used to frequent the holy place, but after they died, after they died, nobody, they were never remembered. Okay? So in other words, they would frequent the holy place, but nothing changed in their lives. That even when they die, they are are like anybody else in the world. Can it be that because you are frequenting the holy place, may the Lord change your life? That even after you die, they say that one lived for the Lord? That even after you die, you know that you are a child of God and you will spend eternity with the Lord? May that be a challenge? Because imagine you are wasting all your Sunday mornings coming here. Okay? Then you could have as well, you see, the better way I think to be lost and to be thrown to hell is I should be a good sinner, a real bad sinner. Isn't it? Then you get a fair punishment. This thing of a little bit half and that, and you still get the same punishment with the other one, you could have as well been the worst sinner they could ever be. <laughs> is that not better? Because imagine you said, hey, but, but I, I used to sacrifice all my Sundays and go to church, and now I'm lost just like this one who never even set their foot in church. So this should be a challenge to say, are we really in right standing with God? Amen? We need to take this serious. So, Romans 6, 4, New King James. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Okay. That just as, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Amen. So, I want us today to talk about walking in the newness of life. Amen. He says, just as Christ died and we died with him and he rose up, we also should rise up to walk in newness of life. Can our lives show that we have had an encounter with the Lord? Can we live a new life? The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All the things are passed away and all things have become new. So I want to walk in newness of life. That things are no longer the same anymore. Under new management. You know when companies are taken over? They will say under new management. Things are done differently now. Amen. That is what has happened in our lives. Now, baptism, as the pastor was even telling us about being buried with Christ and rising up again with him. So baptism in essence is a symbol That shows what has happened in our hearts. Okay? So, let me make a simple symbol so that you understand it easy. I like teaching like Christ giving parables. People usually understand parables or stories that reflect the truth. Okay. A ring usually represents that a person is married, isn't it? But can a person who is not married wear a ring? I'm asking, can a person who is not married wear a ring? Yes. Okay? So, a ring is a symbol that I'm married. It's a symbol that says I'm no longer available. Okay? Now, 
Baptism is a symbol that says I'm now married to Christ whereas I'm no longer available. Amen. Amen. Did you get that? I'm saying a ring says all of you who are still looking around I'm already taken. Okay? So this is what this symbol means. Okay? But then, similarly, baptism says, I am now married to Christ and I want to make a public declaration. I'm no longer available. Bye-bye world. Amen. Amen. So you cannot afford to still live like you are not united with Christ. Okay, now, I like giving this illustration when we do membership class with new, with new members in church. When I give them example of baptism, I say, okay, so that you understand where baptism fits in. We say, baptism, it demonstrates that we have died with Christ and rose again with him. Okay, but just as much as a person who is not married can wear a ring, it means even a person who hasn't accepted Christ can still be baptized. But, would that baptism mean that now they are one with Christ? It won't. Just like when you wear a ring without being married, you just have a ring but you are not married. So similarly, okay, this is a bit crude but let me put it crude. We say if you take a sinner and you dip him in the water, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And you pull that sinner out. Guess what comes out? A wet sinner. Amen. Because your getting in was not reflecting anything in your heart. You're just like a person who wears a ring without being married. It doesn't change the fact that you are not married. So, when you were put in the water, let that be a confirmation that Jesus has changed my life. Amen. Amen. In other words, baptism says, I am now one with Christ. I'm united with Christ. I can no longer afford to live the old way. When the Bible says we were buried with him, so in other words, the self me has died. So my flesh can no longer want to be in charge. Amen. Let's all tell our neighbors, my flesh flesh is no longer in charge. charge. Amen. Amen. I want us to go to the book of Romans chapter 6. We'll do it in NLT. From verse 2 to verse 14 in NLT. We are talking about walking in the newness of life. So that with our candidates here, all of us, we can reassure you of your salvation. Amen. You are making a public declaration to say the Lord has changed my life. Okay? As we get into that Romans 6 NLT, the Bible, if you look, there was this man called Saul who used to persecute Christians. Okay? One day, he met the Lord. And when he was struck down with lightning, the words, the voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It will be hard for you to kick against the pricks. And then he said, what must I do, Lord? And then after he was helped by Ananias and accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, look at what a difference. He was a different man from that moment on. He wrote most of the New Testament. Amen? 
the very person who was such a bad guy. So it says all of us, no one of us is excluded. It doesn't matter how bad people think you have been. Amen? You can rise up and be the strongest evangelist that could ever be. Amen? Amen? Because it all starts by saying, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. Now, Romans will detail it for us from verse 2. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Okay, he's asking a question. He says, if we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? How many of you know that when somebody is dead, they can't react? Hmm? When you're dead, you can't do anything anymore. So he says, if we are then dead to sin, how can we live in it anymore? Continue. Oh, have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? Mm. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. You hear the thing that I was saying, which I said the pastor already gave us the introduction of. So it means we were buried, we died with Christ and were buried with him by baptism. Mm. Mm -hmm. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Okay, what kind of lives are we supposed to live? New lives. What kind of lives are we supposed to live? New lives. Can people say there is a certain group of odd people among us? Huh? Who don't fit in? Who spend their weekends differently from the rest of us? Can people say that about you? He says, so that we may walk in new life. Mm -hmm. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Mm. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. I like that part. He says, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Okay? You know what this verse is saying? It's saying, when you are a Christian, when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, sin has lost its power over your life. In other words, sin can no longer force you to do it. Amen? Amen. You are no longer a slave of sin. Sin can no longer force you to obey it. You've got a new master. Amen? Amen. Sin can no longer force me to do it. So it means when you do it, you decided to do it. Because sin, it says so that sin will no longer have dominion over your life. So that it can no longer master you. Continue. We are no longer slaves to sin. Yeah, we are no longer slaves to sin. Can we all say we are no longer slaves to sin? We are no longer slaves to sin. Yeah, and this is serious people. Okay, again I will use this. If I'm offending others, I'm sorry. Imagine somebody who from Friday to Sunday they are not at home because they were drinking. Is that not being a slave? <laughs> to me it sounds like it's more slavery than the kind of slavery that some of us are in. Because some of us we are slaves but we still have retain our common sense. You can't ask us, but pastor you did this. Really? I don't remember. We can't do that because even if we are slaves, we still our minds are still with us. We can still remember what we've done. But the other kind of slavery, 
You do things that when people ask you, you say, is it really me who did that? Okay? Continue. But we are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. I like that. So actually Paul is reiterating that you can no longer say that sin has power over me. Continue. And since we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. Yes. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Mm. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. So when he died, what did he do? He died once to do what? To break the power of sin. Pastor, you were even saying that this thing of saying, you said people are saying we will bind this and lose that and that. He says when he died, he was actually breaking the power of sin. So sin no longer has dominion over me. So if I decide to sin, I'm deciding to sin because sin no longer has dominion over our lives. Continue. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Mm. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I consider myself to be dead to the power of sin. I'm alive to God through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Okay. He says don't let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to sinful desires desires. So it's as if you've got a choice. Okay? And you say, Pastor, but I've got this habit. It was really just I had this. That was really a challenge for me. I know that I'm making this public declaration, but there is this still that is still binding me. It says when Jesus died, he was breaking the power of sin. So it means you need to say, I'm set free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free indeed. And my body will no longer be used to serve the purposes of the devil. Continue. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Did you get that? Repeat that. Because I like this way parts of some people's bodies become instruments for sin. Do not let any part of your body become... Just... Do not let... Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Okay. Did you hear that? It means you can let some of parts of your body's instruments to be used for sin. He says, don't let any part of your body to be used as an instrument to serve sin. Repeat that again. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Okay. What is more interesting in this verse is that it seems it's all up to me. Can we all say it's all up to me? It's all up to me. Mm. There are people sometimes when they are provoked by other people, then they sin and they say, no, it's because she did this, this to me first. Do not let any part of your body. So you've got a choice. Do you want to yield in or not? Temptations will come. You will be tempted as long as you are still in this world. But you can say, no, I'm no longer available. Sin, I'm no longer available. I'm married to Christ now. I'm under new management. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, 
but now you have new life. Yes. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So use your what? Your whole body. No part of your body should be used to serve sin. Mm. Use your whole body as an instrument to serve God. Amen. Mm. Amen. Mm. He says, don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that acceptable, perfect and will of God. And live, submit your bodies as living sacrifices. Let your body be fully committed to God. Continue. Sin is no longer your master. Yes. Can we all say sin is no longer my master? Especially sin is no longer my master. Let's all say it. Sin is no longer my master. I'm looking at the mouth of my candidates and some of them are not speaking. When you don't speak, the devil will think you still want to go out and be his friend. I'm saying my fellow candidates, let's all say sin is no longer my master. And you're making this declaration, sin, here, I'm no longer available. I'm now married to Christ. Mm. If I have to be a slave, I'm a slave of Christ. I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. My life is not my own. I have been bought at a price. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Amen. So if sin is no longer my master, go to the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. We'll read in King James. So sin is no longer my master. It means I've got a new master now. And when we say I've been crucified with Christ, I died with Christ, then I can no longer let my body be available to serve sin. Can we all say my body is no longer available to serve sin? Amen. I've got a master. So do, do that Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. I want us to look at this. It says, I've been cruci- I am crucified with Christ. Okay? And he says, nevertheless, I live. Do you know that when you are crucified, when you are dead, you are not supposed to be living? Isn't it? So he says, we said we died with Christ. But somebody will say, but I see you are alive. Okay? He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now, how do you live if you are dead? Anybody who has ever seen somebody who is dead who is alive? So, if I have died with Christ, it says, nevertheless, I live. So, how do I live? Continue. It says, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Okay. So, the reason why I'm alive is actually not me living. Uh But Christ liveth in me. So, it is Christ now because when he died for my sins, I died with him. Okay? Now, I'm supposed to have been dead and no longer there. Mm, mm. But now he is living through me. Mm, mm. He says, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live 
By the faith of the Son of God. I like, I like those words. He doesn't say, I live by faith in. He says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So it means what is happening is that Christ lives in me and he exercises his faith through me. Amen? Amen. Do you get that? That's why, do you know that, imagine, think of me, a mere me, without Christ. Imagine I lay my hands on you. How do you get healed with just me? There should be something beyond me. Amen? It should be Christ himself touching your lives through me. Amen. Amen. He says, nevertheless I live, yet it's not me, but it's Christ living in me, and it is his faith in me that I'm using. Amen. Anything that may be too hard for the faith of Jesus? Nothing. That's why Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believeth. So it means Jesus was saying, I've opened this new avenue for all of you that you can live like me on the earth. Because it says now the life that we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God. So, children of God, you have the faith of God in you. You can start believing God for things. Amen? It's not just that he only washed your sins and now you are ready for heaven. You still need to live here on the earth and you need your faith. Amen? So it means you can still trust God for things. You know, there is this thing where sometimes people say, I don't mind as long as my faith, my life It's in the Lord and I'm going to heaven when I die. I don't mind even if I have nothing. You are missing the opportunity to use your faith. He doesn't deny you to have things if you seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But because we are still in this world, we still need to be successful on the earth. Amen. So therefore we can say, no longer me who lives, but Christ is living through me. And he is showing his glory to the world through me. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let me just pick one thing in 1 Peter 3, 21. For the sake of, again, my candidates here. We'll do this one in the New King James. 1 Peter 3, 21. I want to explain a certain concept. Did you know that before you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you had the same body? You had the same body. That, that body is the same body. All of you, anybody of you who got a new body when you accepted Jesus. So it means if you were a thief before and then when you were running away then they hit you with something and then you have a big scar here. Did you know that when you accept Jesus the scar remains? You retain the old body. So when we get born again, it is not our flesh, our outward body that is born again. We are born again in our spirits. But what will give me assurance to say, because imagine every day you are seeing this big scar. It reminds you of the sin, isn't it? But look at how God does it. So an antitype which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to understand that. He says, 
Baptism is an anti-type. This is what it shows us. Okay. When you get into the water, he says it's not the removal of the dead. Okay? So it's not as if it's another time to get wa- to get washed. No. We're not washing your flesh. He says, but this is a thing to it's a it's he says it is the answer of a good conscience toward God. So it means when I'm being baptized now, I'm reminded that now I can look at my body and no longer look at it in the old way. Okay? So even now the scar would be there, but I'm no longer reminded of what I got that scar for. Because then when I was buried, when I was being baptized, I'm saying everything remained there. I died with Christ and now I raised up a new man. So it means if people keep on telling you what you did some years ago, they don't understand this. You were baptized today, you are saying it's a new world altogether. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. Can Can we all rejoice on that? I like this thing where things become new. Mm. Can I then again just challenge you? Did you know that the verse doesn't say you are renovated? You are new. Oh, how many of you know the difference between something that's renovated and something that's new? They say the original word for that you are a new creation. They say they even use the word a new species of being. A species that never existed before. So if they want to say but you committed abortion the other time. Okay? Tell them, the one who committed abortion has died. Amen. This one is a new species of being. It's a new one in Christ. Because that 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new. Some of you confuse the word new with renovation. New is not renovation. New means new. Can you tell your neighbor new means new? new. Maybe, maybe read it. Read it. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. I want you to read that in the King James. You will understand that you people, you haven't been uh, refined. You haven't been renovated. You are a brand new person. Amen. Amen. There was this song that used to say, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. You know the the, the 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 composer of that song made sure that the word brand new is there. So that you don't confuse it with, with a renovation. I'm a brand new. Not a demo, not a demo. Brand new. Not a renovation. Brand new. So read it for us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Okay, any one of us who's in Christ, can we raise our hands? Okay, what's happening to us who are in Christ? He is a new creation. 
All of us, we are new, not renovations. Mm. Amen. Mm. So it means if there was something that I did those many years before I became a new man, mm. is that one who's dead? Mm. Is that one who's dead? Mm. Mm. I'm a new man now. Mm. Okay. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. All things have done what? Passed away. So people will try to remind you. They will try to remind you of the old things that you used to do. You know, this is what usually happens. When somebody, some people will say, ha, you mean even sister so-and-so was baptized? Ha, I don't believe my ears. You're talking about sister so-and-so being baptized. They will try and discourage you. So when they tell you that, you must say, the one that you are skeptical about is dead. Amen. Amen. You are looking at a new person. I'm a brand new person in Christ. Amen. 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 And if we are new in Christ, I want us to to wind it down with this so that we have enough time to celebrate with the candidates. Let's go to the book of Colossians chapter 3. We'll read from verse 1. But we want to show you that this new life in Christ is a reality. And if we are new in Christ, there are some things that we can no longer do. Our way of doing things is different now. We cannot afford to live the same old way. Let it be the same with what Haman said to the king. There is an odd set of people among us. They are scattered all over. They don't fit in with us. Amen. They don't do things the same way that we do things. They are different. Can people start saying that about us? But this one is different. This one, every time when most of us look stressed and grumbling and and gossiping, this one always says, but the Lord is in charge. This one always says, all is well. This one always says, I'm blessed and highly favored. Amen. Amen. Then they see that you don't fit in. Did you know that some people sin because they want to fit in? I'm telling you that. Some people sin because they want to fit in. They don't want to be rejected. You want to feel like you are part of the group. It is right. It is good not to fit in. Amen. It is good not to fit in. So that they can say, that one doesn't fit in with us. When we want to do our sins, hey, we mustn't call on that one. But imagine people so much undermine you that when they think of going to sin, they invite you. (laughs) Don't you think that's being... (laughs) I mean, you're selling yourself, man. Imagine somebody inviting me to go and sin with them over the weekend. To me, I can't even think of that. Okay? So don't sell yourself cheap. Okay? You need to tell them, you're looking at somebody who is precious here. Amen. This is somebody who can no longer afford to go out with you. Amen. Something has changed. I am now valuable. And Christ has made me valuable. Jesus gives us value. He makes us valuable. Amen. Amen. So look at this, the way, new way of doing things. 
Colossians 3 from verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ. In, in NLT, I will do it. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at the right hand of God. So it says, if you are now raised with Christ, think about the things of heaven, not things of the earth. So it means I'm still in this world, but I'm not a citizen of this world. I'm an ambassador. You remember 2 Corinthians 5, the one that we read earlier. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. When it goes down, it says, for we are now ambassadors for Christ. So when it says, because now I am new, I must think about the things of heaven, not things of the earth. Because I'm an ambassador. How does an ambassador behave? If you are an American ambassador in South Africa, do you behave like South Africans? No. You retain your identity. Amen? You retain even your accent. Let me repeat. I say, if you are an ambassador of America in South Africa, you retain your identity. You retain even your accent. Let people know that this one is an American. He's just in South Africa, but he's an American. Amen? Can people recognize that this is a heavenly accent? When you talk, can they identify that this one doesn't belong with us? Okay? It says, you must focus now your minds on the heavenlies. Continue. Think, yeah. okay. think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Mm. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Yes. And when Christ, who is your life, is, rele- is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Mm. So, so pro- now, if we are now going to focus on the things of heaven, the Bible will also tell us what things we must get rid of. Okay? You know this pastor usually talks about faith all the time, isn't it? But today, he's got some verses here that talks about sin. And he can't avoid those verses. Okay? We've got to tell you. Because that's what the Bible says. Okay? Now listen. What you must put off. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lacking within you. Mm -hmm. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Okay? When you come to each one of them, you wait a bit and it sinks a bit. Okay? He says there are some things that we must get rid of. There are some things that should show that we are no longer slaves to sin. Okay? And he lists some. He says, put to death the sinful, earthly things lacking to you, within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Okay. Has that sunk in? Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Mm, it's in the Bible. You can repeat it. <laughs> Have nothing to do with Sexual immorality. Yes. Have nothing to do with it. To do with it. No, pastor, you just don't understand. You see my body. How is your body now coming into the picture? We thought you were dead. That's that the old
Buried. Now, who did we bury now? Okay? So he says, these are some of the things you should put off. Okay? Sexual immorality. Uh-huh. Impurity. Mm. Lust. Mm. And evil desires. Mm. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Okay. He says there are some people who worship the things of this world. And he calls that the material world controls them. It chokes their relationship with the Lord. Now, this is the balance. In the kingdom, we are not saying that things are not important. There is no scripture that says we don't need things of this world. Jesus says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. Because did you know that even if you are a Christian, you still eat natural food also? And you, you, sit in a, you stay in a natural home, not a spiritual home. And if you need a car or go to work, you still need a natural car. Okay? So it means the heavenly father knows that we need these things. But the way we are different from people of the world, we seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all the things are added to us. Amen. Amen. But people of the world who are greedy, they chase after things. Okay? We don't chase after things. Things chase after us. Amen. Amen. I like it when the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I like it in Deuteronomy 28 when it says, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Amen. Amen. I like it that as I'm moving, blessings are looking around. Where did you hear they saw and saw this guy, we hear that he loves God. Where is he? And then they are looking for me. They come. Some of them as I'm taking them, others are even overtaking me. That's what the King James says. It says overtake you. So they have been following me. They catch up with me. And they even overtake me. That is what the Bible talks about. You shall not have even room enough to contain these blessings. Amen. Because they come on me chasing after me. Don't you think that's even being like a king? man? Not chasing after things, but things chasing after you. I would rather go get it that way. But look at what people of the world do. They are greedy. They chase after things. They can't even have time to fellowship with God because they are hooked into things. I don't want to be. When things are chasing after me. Amen. 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 Continue. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Okay. He says those things that are listed there, you did what you used to. He thought you are no longer doing them. He says, you used to do these things when you were still in the world. world. Mm. Okay. But now is the time to get rid of Amen. anger. Amen. But now is the time. Can we all say, but now is the time? But now is the time. Amen. Mm. But now is the time. So those things will no longer do them. Mm. But it seems Paul hadn't finished the list. So he mm. says, but now is the time to get rid of anger. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
anger, allow anger to control you. And you say, Pastor, but I don't, I don't, I don't decide to let anger control me. I just find myself being controlled by anger. Can I ask you a question? Did you know that anybody who is said to be short-tempered or a person who's always, who gets angry easily and all that, and they react to their anger. Let's say maybe you are angry and then you shout on the other person or you are angry and you speak vulgar words against that person. Did you know that those people only do it to somebody that they undermine? Did you know that no matter how angry you are, if it's somebody that you are afraid of, your anger cannot, your anger cannot, your anger cannot go out. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah. Because you will tell us, no, but pastor, I just can't, I just couldn't control myself. It was just anger. No, it's because you knew that the person that you would be angry with, you can handle anyway. You can handle anyway. But if you knew that with this one, if I throw out my ten crumbs and that, I will be the Bible says, be angry but sin, not. So it means if you can do it because you are afraid of another person, why can't you do it because you fear God? Hmm? Where you say, anger will no longer control me. Continue. Rage. Rage. Hmm. Malicious hmm. behavior. Okay. Slender. Hmm. And dirty language. Dirty language. Can language be dirty? be dirty. Hmm. Sometimes some of the people you are close to them just for three minutes and you are tired. <laughs> Amen. It's dirty language. Isn't it? So the other time I was challenged by this. When the Bible says Enoch walked with God. You remember in, Gen- in Genesis when it says Enoch walked with God. And in, in, in Hebrews 11. Then I thought of this. For somebody to be a friend of God, it means even his speech would not have been boring to God. It would not have been pushing God aside. Because me being a mere human being, if you put me among people that are drunkards and the way they speak and that, I just feel uncomfortable. I can't enjoy that environment. Now imagine God being, a, being your friend and think about how you speak. Okay? Let it be that the words you speak, your friend will enjoy the words you speak, isn't it? So he says, dirty language, get rid of that. Amen? Continue. Don't lie to each other. Okay? Don't lie to each other. Okay? Sometimes people lie to get out of trouble. Okay? Can I tell you another trick? Instead of lying to get, another tr- uh, to get out of trouble, if you have done something wrong, be forthright and start. You disarm the other person. Did you know that if you do something before people find it and you go to them and say, hey, I'm very much sorry, I did this and this and this. You disarm them. They can no longer attack you because you have brought yourself and you said, this is what happened, this is what happened and I'm sorry for it. But if they are trying to scratch and search and then you say, no, no, it didn't happen that way. Actually, it happened when they catch you. Now you are in trouble. So he says, don't lie to each other. 
Even husbands and wives don't lie to each other. Because you will be caught. <laughs> and when they catch you, now you are in bigger problem. But if you are forthright and you came first and you say, my wife, this is what happened. And I'm very much sorry. Okay? It means she will trust you next time. When she asks you about another thing next time and you say, no, I didn't do it, she will know, really, he didn't do it because the other time when he did it, he, he came first. Then she will trust you. But if every time you have to be caught, then you will not be trusted. Continue. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. We are going to put on the new nature. <laughs> in, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or circumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. Amen. And he lives in all of us. So for all of us, what matters is Christ. Continue. I like verse 12 to 14. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with okay. tender... So he tells us what to take off. But now he also tells us something that we must put on. on. Okay, you had the first thing that we're supposed to get rid of. Mm. Now, after you get rid of those, put on, what are we going to put on? Tender-hearted mercy. Amen. Kindness. Look, look at this. Don't you all like somebody, can't you all enjoy to live somebody with somebody who's like that? Mm. Tender-hearted mercy. Kindness. Somebody who is kind. Mm. Huh? It's opposite of rage. Mm. Anger. Mm. Okay? Kindness, humility, gentleness. Huh. Even this word, gentleness. Can you feel that? Gentleness. Is it even soothing in your, in your soul? Gentleness. Can't we also be gentle with each other? Instead of rage, anger, bitterness, be gentle with one another. And patience. Amen. Amen. And that's who we are. The new person in Christ. Continue. Let's finish that one. Make allowance for each other's faults. Okay. Make allowance for each other's faults. Okay. Did you know that it's very easy to pick up on other people's faults? But for you, you don't want your faults to be picked at. We usually judge other people by what they do, but we want to be judged by our good intentions. I always say to my wife with the children, if a child is doing something and he does something, he or she does something wrong, okay? But the intention was to do something good. I will never be angry with such a person. Amen? If your intention is to do something good and you do something wrong, I'll never be angry with you. Because your intention was to do good. Amen. Yes. We must be like that. So when we are leaving space for each other, bearing with each other's fault, we must know that as much as we also want to be forgiven, we also must forgive. Continue. And forgive anyone who offends you. Okay. 
Forgive anyone who offends you. You have to. Forgive anyone who offends you. You hear people saying, I will never, okay, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. Where did you get that? Did you hear that from God? Where, where did you get it? I will forgive, but I will never forget. Why are you adding I will never forget? You can as well not forgive. Because there is no pattern that is called, I will forgive, but I will never forget. There is no such a pattern. Imagine God says, I've forgiven you, but I will never forget. Every time when you are praying, oh, Heavenly Father, you are so holy. Hey, but he hasn't forgotten. (laughs) You won't feel comfortable, isn't it? You want that when he has forgiven you, he has forgotten. He says, your sins I will remember no more. So God doesn't forget, but there's one thing he forgets, my sins. He says, it is thrown, our sins have been thrown into the sea of his forgetfulness. He forgets. So when he forgives us, he forgets. Continue. Remember, the Lord forgave you, Mm. so you must forgive others. Mm. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in in perfect harmony. Okay, we'll end it there in love. He says, above all, clothe yourselves in love. Okay? We told you what you must get rid of. Let's get rid of those things. But after getting rid of those things, we have to put on a new man. We say we are walking in newness of life. Okay? Now, we are going to reflect the new nature. And we are going to celebrate the newness of life in Christ. In this life, we walk in love. Amen? When somebody has offended you, you forgive them. We walk in love that indeed we love them. The Bible says, if anyone does something wrong to you, forgive them. Amen? Don't repay evil for evil. When they have done something wrong to you, forgive them. Jesus even said, if they clap you one side, you give the other cheek. Say, but pastor, that's not possible. (laughs) Jesus says, it is no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you. So usually when you hear people saying, she just doesn't know me, then you know the old one is resurrecting. (laughs) Okay? So that one who is dead is resurrecting now. She doesn't know me. Amen. Amen. They mustn't know you. They must know Christ. Amen. And do you know how they will know Christ? It's when they have done something bad to you and they think you will be angry with them. The Bible says, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. When they are thirsty, Give them something to drink. That doesn't sound right. But when you do that, they will know Christ. They won't know you. They will know Christ. Now from today, we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We are making a public declaration that world we are no longer available. We are living for Christ. But we are also going to start being ambassadors. Let other people look at us and see Christ through our lives. So I'll ask Pastor Louis James to join me and then uh, Pastor Josephine and Pastor 
Merlin to join us as we celebrate with them. Amen. Amen. Because we are celebrating, but it's not only about them. I think the rest of us, we got something, isn't it? In our walk with the Lord, isn't it? We are all knowing that if we say we are a new creation in Christ, let it be reflected in our lives. Let people of the world say, there is a certain group of people scattered all over among us, but they don't fit in with us. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor, I don't know you, do you have any words? Just give him the mic, and then we're going to celebrate with them. On the newness, I believe the pastor was looking this way and I was wondering why he wasn't looking this way because in my spirit I perceive that what God is doing for the church today, he's busy realigning the church. And every year we come and we celebrate the newness. And while praying, he was saying, where's the fruits? Because I believe the church need to make that impact. And surely this message this morning to this day has been challenging each and every person that was baptized. And so the question I asked this morning, is the old man living again? And I believe that we need to come before God that we'll forget about all those things and take our rightful place as a church. I believe it's because of these people sitting on the side and we thank God for them that is realigning us once again Amen. to be what God has called us to be. Amen. And that this, this message has really, I know, and I can sense it within my spirit, Amen. has really touched all the believers this morning. Amen. Everyone that has gone through this experience that our candidates went through this morning. Amen. And I just believe in this short time, and I'm not going to procrastinate, Amen. but because I know the anointing of God is within this place, I would never ever do this, Amen. because Amen. even it challenged me. I want you just, before we're going to celebrate Amen. with them, Amen. let us be in unity and alignment Amen. so that they, we need to lead them by example Amen. and to help them even to show that, listen, we can make it Amen. through Christ in the newness. I want us just all to bow our heads just for one second Amen. Amen. and to know that if you are you at the right place because God is doing amazing things within the church, one thing that our doctor, um, um, Dr. McCausey was saying, revival is inevitable. Amen. I asked everybody just to close their eyes. The reason why I'm asking you to do that, you know yourself. There were certain things that he mentioned that you're not aligned with. And before we go out here and we're going to celebrate this part, I'm going to say, Lord, I'm coming to that fullness. I'm coming to that newness. I'm coming to that life that you have, you have prepared, a life that is so abundant. 
above all things. And it's got to do with and saying, I'm going to stand and I'm going to ask Dr. McCausey. No, we're not going to call you out because it's a, it's, it's a genuineness that is here that's prevailing in this, in this church this morning. And say, I'm called to be what God has called me to be. Amen. But there's somehow there's certain things. But this morning, once again, I'm going to stand up and take my rightful place. Amen. And that's going to be an indication to know that, you know, I have never, uh, you know, I, I've gone wrong, but God still see me. Amen. As that person that when I went through the water, when I made that declaration, when I made that covenant. And I believe that each and every person understand the meaning of a covenant. And I'm standing right now. We're not going to force anyone. This church will never be the same again. Jesus, the Savior, God is raising up. Beacon of hope. A newness. I'm doing, he says, and I'm I'm ministered on this. God is doing a new thing. And he's not asking your permission to do a new thing. Amen, amen. He's asking you just to be and take your rightful place. And as we stand all over, Amen. we stand and say, I'm standing now. You, and allow, before we celebrate and hand out the certificates, oh, and that we do that. I'm not going to be like an auction sale and there's one, there's two. No, the anointing is so awesome in this place. And he's asking you just to be faithful. He still see you as he called you. You can just stand. And I'm just going to pause for a moment and allow the part, Dr. McCausey just to pray. And I believe that difference. Just be genuine with yourself. Just be open and honest with yourself. Just stand in faith and just say, I'm opening up my hands. No, no, it's got nothing to do with your friends, your neighbors. It's got to do with your calling, your destiny, your purpose. I'm standing. And I can sense the presence of God all over this place, all over this place. Let me stand and talk to this side. Is there anyone on this side that you need to stand and say, I'm changing? God's word, the Bible said, is it's sharper than two-edged sword. It will cut through the marrow. It's cutting. I, I can sense it's doing that. You cannot resist it. I will be what he calls me to be. I'm saying, yes, Lord. I'm agreeing this morning. I'm agreeing this morning. I'm agreeing this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you very much, Pastor. As I'm going to pray with those of you who are saying you want to realign your lives with what God wants you to be. As the Pastor has said, you know that you are a child of God, but you want to be realigned indeed to say this was a revival to me. I want my life to be in line with that which is in my heart. I would also just make this call. If you are here and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'll ask you to also join and stand up. But for you who haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you would also need to have time with us after the service that we can help lead you into accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But for those of you who have already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you just want to realign your lives, I'm going to give all of us chance, especially even those that are standing. We are going to talk to God before I seal it all in prayer. You know what you want to tell God. Amen. You know what you want to tell God. Can we all, those of you who don't have anything to tell God about realigning your life, just praise him. 
But the rest of you, if you have something that you want to say, Lord, forgive me. I've been out of your of way in this way, and I believe this word was for me. Forgive me. I know you are not angry with me. I know you have accepted me, and I know that when you forgive me, you forget. And I want to have that freedom. Can we all just pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you, mighty Father. We thank you for what you are doing among us, O oh God. Touching our lives and transforming our lives. Father, we thank you for this moment. The moment of glory. The moment, Lord, of reconciliation. The moment, Lord, of revival. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you see us. You see all of us. You know our hearts. Even these your children, mighty Father, as they yield themselves unto thee once again. I thank you that indeed they are accepted in the beloved. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We bless you for helping us, Lord, to be sensitive to your spirit. We thank you, Father, that indeed we've given your children opportunity to reconcile, to get reconciled with you. Where things need to be realigned, Father, you have spoken to each one of us individually. May your word never go out without being effective in our lives. Let it accomplish that which you have purposed in the lives of these, your people. Even as they recommit themselves unto thee, O God, I say, let the glory of the latter house far exceed that of the former house. In the name of Jesus, I speak revival even in their lives that things will never be the same. For mighty Father, indeed this word that has gone forth this morning, it is a seed that will grow and bring forth great revival in our lives. And I thank you, Father, that the enemy has got no hold over them. Sin has got no dominion over them. In the name of Jesus, the Son has set us free and we are free indeed. In Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And those of you who feel you still need time either to talk to Pastor Louis James or myself or Pastor Josephine or Pastor Merlin, you can see us after church. We can still pray with you. Amen. You cannot be like that verse that I alluded to earlier in Ecclesiastes where the preacher says there is something tragic that I saw under the sun. There were people who used to frequent the holy place. But when they die, they are forgotten and they are nowhere to be found. Amen. So let it be that you're coming here this morning. The Lord has done something for you. And we are going to celebrate, like the pastor said, with our candidates this side. But the rest of you, I believe we have received something from the Lord. And those of you who say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you can also see us after the service. We can pray with you. Amen. Can you give him a hand of praise?